0: Night to night,
1: why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, i am in puffing my chest out a little
0: bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. And.
1: Welcome on in. It is Overtime with Jonathan Pino here with you guys on The Fan. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Wednesday. It's a Friday for me. Last day I'll be on this week going to my brother-in-law's bachelor party in Colorado Springs. So I'll be gone tomorrow, Friday, and Monday. So that just means we get to lay it all out. We get to leave it all on the table and we get to make sure that we go out with a bang. I am doing fantastic today. I was in a really, a pretty great mood entering today. Had a golf lesson earlier today. Uh, everything was going good. We were hitting all right. I got a, obviously I'm going on, you know, this bachelor party where we're going to be swinging. We're going to be, you know, hitting some golf balls. Be a good time. So I want to make sure the game is sharp. And the game felt pretty sharp earlier today. So I was pretty satisfied about that. And then, then the 6 o'clock hour. My poor sport of bowling got its rightful shame. I say rightful because you know we talked a little bit about the story last night with the college bowling scandal. Nick and Dustin obviously spent more time on it than we did, even though it, it really is a story that is just wheel meets house for me. But I got to say, the strays that my poor sport of bowling took, it was not a good sight for him. But I've been battling that since I was knee-high to a duck. When you choose bowling, and listen, I didn't choose bowling as the sport that I was going to be great at. Bowling chose me, okay? At a very young age, when you put together the fact that, oh, I'm just a little bit better than everybody else at this, it's not really something that, I, I, like, okay, I'm not gonna do a thing where I compare myself to Tiger Woods here. But Tiger Woods at three, when he was already on TV, making putts and doing insane golf things, people are like, okay, well, yeah, okay, so it's kind of in the cards for him. He's kind of gonna, he's gonna be a golf prodigy and it is what it is. Me with bowling, as much as I loved baseball, and I love baseball more than I think any little kid loves any sport in the history of the world. Like, you guys know the intensity and the amount of time I spend on radio, for instance. It was like, tw- it was like ten times as much on trying to become like the next great baseball star. I didn't have it. Did not have it. Now, may- mainly it's because I used to run like I had a refrigerator strapped to my back. Sneaky slow. For someone, my I'm not that, I mean, I'm 6'2", 230 now, uh, 225. we got to update it. The salads have been working, down five pounds in the past week, no big deal, neither here nor there. But even when I was really, really skinny, time I was 6'2", 160, I've always been slow. Slow has never been my gift. That's why I like golf right now because it involves zero running. I saw something the other day that said 30% of adults 30% of people past the age of 30 are never going to run again, just never be in a full-out sprint for the rest of their life. And I was like, I could only wish. I could only wish that would be me. I'd never find myself in a scenario where I have to actually run for the rest of my life. So I was slow, and it caught up to me. I wanted to be a baseball player so bad, but that's not how things work. You know, the sport picks you. It is what it is. Bowling is what my family's good at. Bowling is what, uh considering I had three family members that ended up not only getting bowling scholarships, but all competing in college bowling events. My little brother uh, legitimately, there was a point in time where he was debating whether or not he wanted to go on the PBA Tour and be like a... He would have been, if he would have gone, he would have been legitimately somewhere in that top 30 to 50 range. And that top 30 to 50 range just doesn't make enough money. They just They really don't. That's the sad part of the sport. You really got to be, if, you, if you're going to make a run at the PBA Tour, you got to be able to promise yourself you can hit top 15 and then really only top five make actual, like, okay, this is awesome being a PBA bowler money. The rest of it is just a grind. It's just a, it's just a ridiculous grind. You know, if you're like the 150th best golfer in the world, you're still really, really rich. Not the same thing for bowling. That's what, that's what it's in. That's what's in the family blood. Bowling. I know it's lame at times. It's a sport I love, though. It's a sport I love, a sport I defend. There is nothing sexy about it, though. The two gentlemen on before me were 100% right. There is nothing sexy about that sport. There's a lot of sex euphemisms attached to it all, but there's nothing sexy about bowling. Take it for what it's worth. It's weird. I felt like I had to defend this sport, the sport that I still care about and I still love and I still appreciate, but then also it's like I don't have a great defense. I, I am trying to defend... Someone that is, I'm at the trial. The the there's blood on the hands. The guy is clearly guilty, and I'm over there like, ah, did he really do it? Did he really? I don't know. I don't know. We had enough evidence. Don't know. Now calling it like banned. That was a little bit. That was that was a little. You guys got hot there for a second. Okay, that's all that was. But yeah, no, not the not the world's sexiest sport. That's okay. No one ever asked it to be. I, I I think the uh, the food snack bar was all you ever needed to know about a bowling alley. It's all you. No one ever asked it to be sexy. No one ever set yourself up to be a sexy bowler. Okay, I was I was just thinking about what an awful Halloween costume that would be. What are you this year? I'm sexy bowler because everything in Halloween is the sexy version of it. Sexy bowler. How you doing? Just ridiculous. It also does low key make me a little mad that in talking about bowlers. Uh, and I love Fedor. Me and Fedor have a great relationship. We've actually bowled against each other before. I, I, here's the thing. I'll give Fedor a bunch of credit for being a good golfer. Give him a lot of credit for that. But he was not a good, he was not a good bowler. I, I, I don't know why people compare. Uh, I legitimately got a scholarship. I, uh, played for a team that won national titles. It was basically the Oregon football of collegiate bowling where we won national titles, always considered really good haven't really been as good in the recent decade or so though. They've kind of really fallen off after I've left, but they're still a top twenty-five team. Like I like I did that. But then, you know, Fedor was oh I got 180 average bowler in high school, but where I ground the same level. That's fine. That's neither here nor there. That'd be that'd be like uh someone trying to compare, I don't know, Garrett Bush's football career to let's say somebody that's I don't know Maybe played two years in high school and then called it quits. Like you, you can't do it. It's it's apples and legitimately bowling balls. But all right. Let's get into some sports. On this Gavin Williams day, we're gonna have a lot with Gavin Williams later on in the show. By the way, you want to stay tuned. When the game ends, we'll be talking about it. We got a little bit of a odd situation because I got James Rapine popping by at eight o'clock. That's fantastic. We love to see that. We love to hear that. We'll catch up with James. Mike Golick Jr. is coming by at ten o'clock. Okay, so Mike Golick Jr. is coming by at ten. I am aware that that might fly in the face of what's going on with Gavin Williams. Might. I'm not going to tell Mike Gold Jr. to kick bricks. Not happening. So at 10 o'clock, if the game ends, depending when it ends, depending how it ends, all these circumstances, we will address it. I promise you that. And we will spend a bunch of time on the Guardians in the back portion of the show. But we also are going to have time for Mike Gold Jr. So Mike Gold Jr. is stopping by at 10 o'clock. Now, since I'm not on tomorrow, I'm going to get ahead of what I believe to be is going to be some of the conversation built in tomorrow. And I don't know how in-depth... Everyone is going to go within the NBA draft. I really don't know. I think from a Cavs perspective, I think more fans aren't interested in the NBA draft since you don't see that many rookies making true impacts right away, basically ever anymore. There is no one person in this draft with where the Cavs are picking that can solve our problems, and Cavs fans know that, even if you end up with a 3-4 team trade, anything like that. You know, last year in the NFL... Uh, MJ Emerson was the second best player on the Browns' defense, in my estimation. In the NFL, you have to be contributing right away. Your career is on the clock instantly. Basketball, let rookies marinate. They get to go out there at their glacier-esque pace, and they're not going to be rushed. This kind of feels like the draft this past year for the Browns. The NFL draft this past year was the first time in 15 years where I didn't know backup left tackles, and everyone just kind of... Everyone just kind of figured it out. We didn't spend months on months talking about the NFL draft leading up to it. We didn't do that. We have not spent a bunch of time on the NBA draft. But the part that is fascinating to me is that tomorrow there is a legitimate superstar that is going to be picked to the San Antonio Spurs. And I feel like how we react to this has changed. Victor Wembanyama, for those that don't know and you might not know, he is 7 foot 4. I saw an article earlier today suggesting he is 7 foot 5 in reality. He can take the ball up the court, he can shoot threes, he can do everything you would think somebody 7 foot 5 could do on the other side of it and he plays defense in an insane way. The high comp for him that I saw earlier today was Kevin Durant offensively with Kevin Garnett defensively. And the low end comp, like if if things go poorly for the man, is just being a taller version of Anthony Davis. Okay, so we are talking about a superstar superstar on the horizon. Jay Billis on the Pat McAfee show earlier today said this about Victor Wimanyama.
0: He's the best, Pat, that I've seen uh, since LeBron, the best prospect. And... I don't want to say it's not close, but we, I've never seen anything like him on a basketball floor. The only thing I could relate him to would be I played against Ralph Sampson in college when he was the national player of the year at Virginia. He was the number one overall pick in in nineteen eighty five. Uh, excuse me, nineteen eighty three. And uh, and Sampson was seven four. And if he were born nineteen years ago. He may be just like Wembanyama, but he wasn't. He was raised in the era where big guys, you know, big guys on this end, guards on this end, and you do, uh, you know, you play with your back to the basket, and you weren't allowed really to go out on the perimeter and handle the ball. And Wembanyama is a 6'2 guard and a 7'4 guy's body. Uh, and his impact on the defensive end is profound. Um, he's a big-time shot blocker, and it's not just around the paint.
1: It's about as high praise as you can get right there from Jay. I love it. Seven foot, or seven foot four, but he plays like a six foot two guard. Uh, it's insane. But what I love the most is he's in that rare territory of players that feel like they can't miss. There's three quarterbacks I've seen in my lifetime that fall under this umbrella. Obviously some worked out in other ways, but there's been three in my mind. It's been Peyton Manning. It's been Andrew Luck. It's been Trevor Lawrence. We tend to know the different players. I'm fascinated by them in sports. The guys that are so good and so talented, and it's just so obvious. And we've seen it come in from a mile away, and no one's questioning whether or not it's going to be a success. And the NBA, LeBron, Shaq, Ewing, Bird, all these guys that are consensus. Elite players, before they ever step on the professional stage, Nobody's messing with that idea. Nobody's questioning that idea. We have it. It really is very rare in sports. It's about once a decade or so. You get somebody that is truly like this. Decade 15 years. Bryce Harper comes to mind in baseball. Bryce Harper was the number one overall pick. I remember watching him hit bombs at 15 years old in Tropicana Field. He was sending the thing out 350 feet and people are like, yeah, that's why he's going to go number one. 15 years old. We, we just knew. You guys have heard a million LeBron stories at this point in your life. You just knew. You knew. I love the camp miss players. The ones where they're, they're low ceiling. If everything goes wrong, feels like they just vomit all over their shoes. They don't know what to do with themselves in the NBA is still someone in Anthony Davis who is legitimately a top 10 player in the sport and has been for the previous, I don't know, seven years. Unreal absolutely unreal. But the, the the fascinating part to me in this discussion, and this is why I want your help at it, 216474 to below 92. He's going to be the number 1 pick. There's no doubt about that. But are you in prove it mode with draft picks more than ever? Because it felt like to me whether it's Victor Wembanyama or whether it's Nikola Jokic, we can come up with the same type of case study. Jokic took seven years, won two league MVPs, and there were people like me still saying, I got to see what happens in the finals. I got to see more. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sold on what this guy can or cannot be until he really does it on the big stage. I know, I know, I know. Being taken down in five games against the Warriors last year really did a number on me in Nikola Jokic big-time games. But then he did the 30, 20, and 10 in game three, and I'm like, we got a little bit of a different story going on here. With Victor Wimbenyama, he's as much of a can't miss NBA prospect as we've seen since LeBron James. And yet the conversation today is oh, I haven't seen much out of him. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know because I he plays in France, and I've only seen a couple of YouTube clips and a couple of Twitter highlights. Are you in prove it mode with draft picks more than ever? Two one six four seven four to ninety two. We'll do it next. It's overtime with Jonathan in here with you on the fan. You had a solid
2: retirement dream.
0: He's the best Pat that I've seen uh, since LeBron, the best prospect. And I don't want to say it's not close, but I've never seen anything like him on a basketball floor. The only thing I could relate him to would be, I played against Ralph Sampson in college when he was the national player of the year at Virginia. He was the number one overall pick in in 1985, uh, excuse me, 1983. And uh, and Samson was seven four. and if he were born 19 years ago, he may be just like Wimbanyama, but he wasn't. He was raised in the era where big guys, you know, big guys on this end, guards on this end, and you do, uh, you know, you play with your back to the basket, and you weren't allowed really to go out on the perimeter and handle the ball and Wemba Nyama is a 6'2 guard and a 7'4 guy's body Uh, and his impact on the defensive end is profound Um, he's a big time shot blocker and it's not just around the paint Kay Billis on the Pat McAfee show
1: I need to make this clear people I thought it was obvious in the clip Jay Bellis is not comparing him, and we're getting some tweets in here and Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Jay Bellis is not comparing him to LeBron James. James, Jay Bellis is just saying he's got the LeBron James hype. I think that's all he's going for there. And I think that's all I was expressing within myself as well. But as it refers to that clip right there, I don't think he's saying anything about, well, you can't replicate LeBron. That's what makes LeBron so amazing. Like, MJ, for instance, had his knockoff versions. It's going to really make some people mad, including our buddy James Rapine, who's going to join us at eight o'clock. Cause James, is a big Kobe guy. But Kobe was basically dollar store MJ. He copied MJ's moves. He tried to pull off MJ's moves. Like that, that's basically what that was. Go ahead, NBA. Try to copy LeBron James moves. You can't do it. You're not as, you're not nearly as athletic. You just, you can't pull it off. There's things LeBron does on a basketball court that just cannot be replicated. No one is trying to make Victor Weminyama LeBron James. They're trying to make them combinations of other players that is incredibly, incredibly high praise. That's why I said the comp right now that's floating around is on the offensive side of the ball. He's Kevin Durant. And then defensively, he's Kevin Garnett because he cares about the defensive side of the ball in a massive way, but he's a seven foot four big man that operates as a six two guard. It's incredible to see what he does, and that's why he has such amazing ability. When you watch some of the clips of him over in France, problem I have with this whole entire thing is that there's a lot of people out there that last night was the first time they've ever even seen Victor Wembanyama. It was when he thrown out a, threw out a first pitch at a Yankees game, and you're like, "Oh wow, he made the baseball look like when I hold a grape in my hand. How cool was that? Seven foot four is fun." And then it brought back all sorts of like memories of Yao Ming and and the comical. I, I could you imagine what he looked like next to Jose Altuve? <laughs> I mean, like people just, it just it's the anytime you see a tall person, it's always about Jose Altuve putting him right next to him. Shout out Aaron Judge, but it's the reality. And I just, I, I looked at it and I was like, wait a second, how many people even know how great Victor Mignogna is going to be? And then I looked at myself and I'm like, wait a second. Wait, wait just a second. I know with certainty he is a a once-in-a-generation number one prospect. And I'm basing a lot of this off of him beating up dudes that are, are basically more barista than they are professional basketball players. I know the France League he played in was the same league that Rudy Gobert sharpened his game at. Okay, okay, fine. There's something about the foreign game that is still we just don't trust as NBA fans quite yet. Be honest about it. And I want to hear from you two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Nikola Jokic won back to back league MVPs. And it took until game three of this NBA finals when he went thirty, twenty and ten before me, John of the Peterlin, could turn around and be like, Yep. All right, fine. Uncle, the guy's got game. He's been in the league for seven years. I'm like, all right, fine, he did it on a big stage, okay, fine. I can admit it, I can admit he's really, really good at basketball. Doesn't mean he's as interesting. And I think the difference here with Nikola Jokic and Victor Wembenyama is that Wembenyama is going to be a highlight reel. And he's going to be the social media darling that the NBA and NBA media people absolutely adore. Because watch some of the clips that have already gone viral within his game. When he misses that three pointer and then puts back the three point off the miss slam dunk home as if it was a slam dunk competition. It's just incredible. The the feats of athleticism that he pulled off at seven foot four, some of what he's been able to do, you're gonna buy into him, you're gonna love him. But you're just not gonna do it yet. So I want to get ahead of this one, okay? This is where I'm at. I want to get ahead of this one, and I want your input. 216474 to below 92. I'm already going to fall in love with Victor Wembanyama. Now it sucks because he plays in San Antonio. So I'm not going to see nearly as many games as I would like. But I want to be about I want to be about this. And this new generation of watch how great the few big men that are great can be. And B just won the MVP. We've talked about Jokic. Blinman Yama right around the corner could be coming two one six four seven four to below ninety two Bill and Parma up next on the fan hello Bill hey
3: Jonathan great program well thank you Bill you know I'm really just happy that he's going to be under the thumb of Popovich um, I think that was always the problem with LeBron and I'm not saying that he wasn't a great player everybody says always if you compare and you say something about LeBron that's not positive, that means you don't like him. I'm not saying that. I've always believed that LeBron could have even been better. Because at many levels, and I think you'll agree with me, Jonathan, he ran coaches off from the time he was 18. And at many levels, he was uncoachable. And he never had a coach like Popovich. And you either do it Popovich's way or you don't do it. And, and, you know, the, the thing is, have we ever seen LeBron just park himself in the paint all game long and dominate in the paint? You know, there were times during the, the playoffs he was nine for 50 from three. So, what I'm hoping with this young man is that Popovich puts him in positions that, you know, that he needs to work on and he will be dominant in. And then, and because Popovich will put him in a lot of different situations and hopefully, this kid will uh, listen to him because you, there's nothing better than a great teacher. Yeah, and, uh, I, Bill, I'm going to play.
1: The I'm going to play a clip for you uh, when we get done with the phone call here, and I, I just yeah. I, I want you to hear it. So just make sure you stay tuned after you hang up because I I don't know. In listening to Victor Weminyama today, yeah. he's got more LeBron in him than you than maybe you want because he seems like he he's he's his own. He dominates him. He's in control out there. Let's put it that way. He's in control. Of what he's doing on the court already, and I don't know that he's going to be as respected as Popovich is. I don't know that he's just going to bow down and
3: genuflect at the
1: altar of Gregg Popovich. I don't know.
3: Well, I, he, let's let's put it this way. Again, again, you're either going to do it Popovich's way, or you're not playing. And I'm just—it's just a fact. And he's had Popovich has had a lot of bad boys. That have played with him, and it, it, they they all turn out the same. And and also, you remember he had uh, Robinson and uh, Duncan. Yeah, and 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 you know, you can't tell me that those guys were choir boys when they came in there. They wanted to do it their own way. But look what he, what happened. So, anyway, my, my well, it was, point... It was
1: big with Duncan, and if you can make him anything close to Tim Duncan, I think you'd sign exactly. up for that on, on the dotted line. Exactly. I just don't know if... Here's here's the problem with that, and I'll answer it for you, and thank you, Bill. I appreciate sure, you, sure. as always. Thanks, Jonathan. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off at the end there. Um, Quits at the trigger, my bad. If you're going to buy into what Popovich is doing, it comes with the commitment that you, that you expect Popovich to be there for the next decade, I can't. I have no idea if that's going to be true. We already had reports this off season, rumors this off season that the Spurs were going to get rid of Popovich and bring in Steve Kerr. If I, like if I'm Victor Wembanyama, it, it kind of feels like a college recruiting storyline almost, right? Like, well, hey, how long is this coach going to be here? I got I got to listen to everything that Ryan Day says. How long is he going to be here if he loses to Michigan this year? I don't know about that one. I don't know. We are a uh, we're a we're a Bob Huggins mistake. From uh, no longer having a lot of these guys out here, I'm going to commit to this. I don't know about that one. I don't. I don't know that I'm going to go down that road. That's just the reality of it. And and, and Popovich, I, who knows how long he's got? Who knows how long? I would imagine if Wembinyama is legitimately the next LeBron, Popovich might die on the sidelines. Okay, he might just see like, hey, uh, you can bury me right over there. Uh, I between assistant A and assistant B, you want to uh, put a nice little little. Space in between for the popcorn guy to get through. That's okay. Whatever you need to do. But, uh, yeah, you just prop up the casket right there. I'm going to go. Up. I'll be one foot in the grave over here coaching on the sidelines. That might be reality. I mean, it might be, it might be what ends up happening with Popovich because you don't give up, you don't give up your coaching part of the career, the back end part of it when you have a Victor Wimanyama. I would bet that's probably why we cooled a lot of those conversations to begin with anyway, because everyone understands probably not just going to usher him in and usher him out. But he, Here was Victor on J.J. Reddick's podcast, and I I thought it was fascinating some of what he had to say, but when you listen to this, this this doesn't sound like a, a young player that, at least in my estimation, you can tell me if I'm wrong, it doesn't sound like a young player that is uh, going to take a lot of direction, even from a legend in Popovich, and I mean this in, in a complimentary way. You know, sometimes in life, you can have the greatest teachers, you can have the greatest instructors, you can have the greatest everything— Ultimately, your success, you should not sink or swim based off of other people's recommendations and other people's teachings. There is a part of you, and there's a part of Victor Wemenyama that got him to be the number one overall pick. You have to stay true to that. Always believe this to be true. Always, but I tell this to all sorts of different people, anyone that'll listen, anytime anyone has massive success in any sort of industry or any sort of anything, where they get in trouble is they get away from what got them that success. Time and time again, what got him there, they deviate from that, it gets him in trouble, takes him away from what got him the success, and then they end up in a bad situation. Then they end up wondering what happened. Victor Wemenyama still has to answer to the idea that he became the number one overall pick, and that'll happen and come true tomorrow night. He became the number one overall pick, while also being a prospect that is as heralded as LeBron James... Maybe not as heralded. But he's coming with what Jay Billis said was what how did Jay use it? Would he say the hype? He didn't say the hype. That's not that's not accurate. We've been we've been Best Prospect since LeBron. The best prospect. Okay, thank you. Yeah, because the hype wouldn't have been right. Sorry, little little bird brain action right there. I, I completely forgot what Jay how Jay put it, but I wanted to get it right. Yeah, so best prospect since LeBron, he got there for a reason. He got there you gotta listen to yourself at some point, even if Popovich can help guide you. But this is Victor and, and listen to how confident he sounds and how he talks about him being on the court I, I know' I'm, I know I'm never gonna turn like this like I know I'm never gonna lose a grasp of reality and I, I know what I want like I'm I'm driven from like from the inside of, of my heart and like nothing can put me out of my path like I do everything I, I do everything mm-hmm. I can so I deserve what I get and I think some some players are really talented physically or technically you know really really talented. But their mind isn't like as good as their body is. You know what I'm saying? My totem is, it's something like, it's something bigger than basketball, you know? It's, it's just life. It's just accomplishing yourself inside this universe, you know? I know what I want to do and nothing's going to stop me from doing it. And I always got that in mind. And it doesn't just stop to basketball. You know, it's, it's about life. At last part, I know what I want to do and I'm going to do it. Listen, maybe he's going to be good at taking direction from one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. He's not going to let Popovich dictate whether or not he becomes a superstar, though. Yeah. You know, LeBron, I think, I think Bill was right. LeBron has ushered away a lot of coaches, but LeBron legitimately had a different basketball IQ that we've never seen before. LeBron is the smartest guy in the room. Is that a question mark? I know they're like, "Oh, smartest guy in the room, better find yourself a new room." Well, with LeBron, it's like, "No, I'm I I know more about basketball than you." I'm sorry, with all due respect to the head coach, whichever head coach it's been, even Eric Spoelstra in Miami, who's now regarded as a top 15 NBA head coach all-time and at current currently one of the best head coaches in the game, LeBron's like, "I know more than you." Why would I listen to you? I know more than you. I don't think Victor womenyama has got the basketball IQ of LeBron James. And maybe that's why he'd pay more attention. But you heard that last part. Man's going to do what he's going to do. And that's I really do believe that in life. When people get opportunities and they get really strong uh advancements in their career and whatever industry it is, they tend to deviate away from what got them there, and that's when they get in trouble. Stay with what got you there. Stay with what got you the promotion. Stay with what got you the raise. You were doing things right. You're on the right path. You're doing things great. Don't deviate uh, deviate away from that. All right. 216474 to below ninety-two. Are you in prove-it mode with draft picks more than ever? We're going to get to a cut that Albert Breer had to talk about within the Saudis. I think it was fascinating within the NFL. We got James Rapine coming your way at eight o'clock. A ton to get to. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterwin here with you guys on the fan. Got a ear on the fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterone and blown up on this text thread. We'll go back to Victor Yam in a second. We got James Rapine at eight o'clock. I'm on this bachelor party and we're we're doing the thing. Going tomorrow, going to be gone Friday. Going to be back Monday. It's my brother in law's bachelor party, and they've already started the text thread. And you can, t- I mean, it's a bunch of people I've really never met before, except for my brother in law and like one of his friends. But it's like seven other dudes. I have no. I mean, they all they all know each other kind of. Kind loosely, you know what I mean, and they're all in this text thread, and they're all talking, and they're getting themselves psyched up, and I'm over here like, oh, will "You stop blowing up my phone, please. I'm not on vacation mode yet." See, that's the difference. I think it's 7:45 for me. I'm hanging out talking to you guys while they're all they all probably punch the clock. They're done at five or six o'clock. They're like, "Wait, well, I'm done. I'm, I'm 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 out for the day. I got no more responsibilities." Let's fire up this text thread. Let's get this thing going. And I'm over here like, "No." No, you guys are being a little much right now. Just a little much. Please, can we pump the brakes? I just can't. I can't be a part of another text thread. I cannot do it. I've got legitimately one daily text thread with two buddies that are near and dear to my heart. It's the only one I really involve myself into. Every other one, I immediately take myself out of the mix. Can't be, can't be a part of that. Can't be waking up to 100 text messages. No, sir. No, sir. In between the break, Michael Bohm asked me a question as we're talking about Victor Wembanyama. He's going to be the first overall pick tomorrow. And I, I've made, I've laid out all the claims and I've talked a lot about the fact that he's seven foot four, but he's built in the combo guard of a six foot two, uh, a six foot two guard. And he is his ball handling abilities, his three point shooting abilities. There's a lot that he does at seven foot four that you're not supposed to be able to do at seven foot four. He is a legitimate unicorn. We don't see guys this big being able to do this. That's why his offensive comp is Kevin Durant, and his defensive comp, then, is Kevin Garnett. And if everything goes poorly for him, the comp there is a taller Anthony Davis, which is insane to think about. But, Michael Bohm, you asked me a question in between the break, because we started talking about LeBron, since Jay Billis said he's the best prospect since LeBron. What did you have to say? Yeah, so I asked if you thought Jokic had the same basketball IQ as LeBron. I thought that was just not even close. I understand what you're going for there. I do. And I think his passing ability and how great it might be the best passing big man of all time. I mean, we are in rare air there, right? When you get the Magic Johnson comps, you are in rare air as far as a passer of the basketball. I think it's elite. I don't think it's anywhere close to LeBron. I feel like LeBron can create his own separate category for basketball IQ. And I do feel like LeBron, obviously, like he has more years in the NBA, he has more
0: wisdom, um, more experience. But at the same time, when you watch Jokic play, it looks like he's the he's running the show. And no doubt,
1: the, no doubt. The way he sees a floor... Or, and he typically makes the best basketball play. That's why some games you'll see him score 41, and some games you'll see, you'll see him score 19, because he's like, I, I just did what I had to do, and he focuses on that part of it. I, I'm not trying to discredit Jokic. I'm more trying to imprint how intelligent LeBron James is on the basketball court. It's unlike anything we'll ever see. And so that's why we had the caller Bill last segment, and he was talking about how LeBron has kind of ushered aside some of his coaches, and, and Wembenyama won't be doing that with Popovich. He'll have to listen to Popovich because Popovich co- enters the equation as one of the greatest of all time. If LeBron had entered a Greg Popovich-type situation, I wonder whether or not it all would have gone differently for him from that level. Like, would he have more respect for the head coach as opposed to what we've seen in his career where you hire a Darvin Ham, a Frank Vogel, and then you roll the ball out and you see what happened? That's why Taiwu got so much uh, disrespect, I'll even call it. Ty doesn't get nearly the credit for those 2016 finals. And we've gone back in this past week. We tried to retroactively give him a bunch of credit. But there's a reason why for so many years he got next to nothing in the credit department for the NBA Finals in 2016, because we know how LeBron runs the show, we know that it was LeBron doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. Now, yes, Tyloo deserves a lot of credit for some of the other parts of it. I mean, he kept that Looney Tunes Kyrie Irving on a leash, okay? Like that was there was a there's some things he did that deserves a lot of credit, and there's a lot of stuff even in the game where he deserves credit. Not trying to take that away from him. In fact, I rallied for it on Monday. But LeBron beats to his own drum. Victor Wembenyama in that clip I, uh, I played from J.J. Reddick, he shows you the dude beats to his own drum as well. Uh, but that's the problem with Victor Wembenyama right now is that as much as many clips as I've seen of him, as many viral videos I've seen, as much YouTube content as I've taken in with this kid, and I've taken in a ton. I've got very familiar with the uh, the French League that Rudy Gobert once inhabited that now he's in. And ultimately what you turn around and realize is like, okay, great. He looks awesome. Congratulations. I still can't tell you whether or not he's got extremely high basketball IQ, though. But I can tell you with certainty, it is nowhere close to LeBron. But when we're putting him in that frame of LeBron, it's not because of LeBron's. It's not because of the intelligence side of things. Weminyan is a unicorn for other reasons. He's a unicorn because first off, have you ever even seen a seven foot four person in life? Straight up, just ask you that question. Have you ever seen? I've been in NBA locker rooms. I cannot confidently say I've ever even seen a seven foot four human. To be able to play basketball at seven foot four, but the way he does with the dribbling, with the three point shooting, I mean, he's just something special. He is something special. And we don't get this often. I related it earlier in the show. Two NFL quarterbacks that I believe we just knew all along were going to be great. We knew at a very young age, and we saw it coming from a mile away. I think there's three in my life. Three. I think it's Peyton Manning. I think it's Andrew Luck. I think it's Trevor Lawrence. Those are the three in my mind that we knew at a very young age they were going to be set up for long-term success and they were going to be the number one overall pick and they were going to be awesome. And and every one of them turned out to be awesome in varying degrees. Trevor Lawrence still has a a lot to write, obviously, but I think so far I've kind of been proven accurate in that assessment. When it comes to the NBA, there's a lot of guys, a lot of big guys that we've known. LeBron, Shaq, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird. We knew for the longest time, going to be great. No one's questioning that. Literally, no one's questioning that. When Minyama falls in that category as well, he is going to be a magnificent NBA player. The question is, how soon is he going to leave that imprint on all of you guys? And does the foreign player have to work a little bit harder to earn that? You know, I, I admitted it with myself. For some reason, I give Luka Doncic all the credit in the world. I'm like, Luka's amazing. But then I turn around and with Jokic, I'm like, seven years in, back-to-back league MVPs, I'm still poking holes until he won the NBA title this last year. 216474 ninety two, Jason in Cleveland. I'm next on the fan. Hello, Jason.
2: Hey Jonathan. Hey, Jason. Yeah, I just want I just wanted to comment on um, you know, you, you proposed you posed the question, would it be different if LeBron had come in with Popovich as his coach? Um, yeah. or his, and I, I and I think the answer we don't know for sure, but I think it, it would have been. I think you would add more respect and I think you would have won more championships. Um you know, I think there's, there's something to be said about a, a coach who's, who's proven himself and, and a player who learns from that coach and respects that coach. Um, and, and LeBron really never had a coach, uh, in my opinion, that, that he truly respected. Um, I, I, I think the other thing is everyone talks about his basketball IQ and it's the greatest ever, and, and, and I've watched him enough. There's been many times, Jonathan, where I would see him standing at the top of the key, pounding that ball into the ground, as the time runs down, and then he just does something and drives the basket. It, to me, it wasn't a brilliant move. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he's got a poor IQ, but to me, I don't think he's got um, this legendary IQ. I think it's you know maybe a little above average. But so I would love to know. I would love to know specific examples of where you see him having this elite basketball IQ. All right, I'll spell it out. Thank
1: you, Jason. I appreciate you. Specific examples. Go look at the final two minutes of Game 7. I'll go look at the whole entire Game 7. Why? Go do that. It's not, I mean, it's all right there for you. Literally, every game you watch, LeBron, he showcases off his incredible high IQ. And yeah, every now and then, does he do something like you described? Of course he does. Yes, that happens. No one's perfect. No one's perfect. But his basketball IQ has never been in question. Never been in question. I, you might be the first person I've heard in 20 years come even close to uttering the words about questioning LeBron James's basketball IQ. That is so as as physically gifted as he is, and as athletically gifted as he is, and I've said that's why you can't recreate LeBron James. You can have knockoff versions of Michael Jordan. We have that with Kobe Bryant. You can't recreate LeBron. And part of the reason why you can't is because he's not built like somebody you see at the YMCA. One, but number two, you can't you can't see the court the way that he does. His court vision is just—it's next level, and on top of it, seeing things that are happening three, four, five plays, five moves ahead of him. He is a grandmaster chess player at the heart of it. So yeah, I no, I mean, just really pull up any game you want. You don't even need Game Seven. You don't even need Game Five of that same NBA Finals series. You don't—you don't need any of that. Yeah, you just, any game you want, LeBron showcases it off on a nightly basis. Kind of impressive. We had anybody challenge that? That's not a thing you can really challenge. That is about as true as the sky being blue. That's just didn't mean to rhyme there, Doctor Seuss. Didn't mean to go down that road. But that's about it's about as true as life gets. Hi, right, James Rapine, our buddy in Cincinnati, gonna join us coming up next. By the way, Gavin Williams, his uh his debut, the party, just got spoiled a little bit. He's given up four runs. I looked it up earlier today. I got all sorts of examples of pitchers making their debut that sucked. It doesn't matter. It it, it is not the end of the world that right now the A's are beating him up like a pinata. Not the end of the world. Not going to make a big deal out of it. I wasn't going to make a big deal out of it if he went seven innings of no hit ball. So I can't make a big deal out of it if he gives up four runs and we're in the third against the A's. First guys, 923 the Fan wants to send you to see Shania Twain at Blossom, June thirtieth. Tune in weekday, 720, 1020, 420 PM for a winning word to be announced. It's 720 AM, 1020 AM, 420 PM for a winning word to be announced. Text that word at 20357 by the end of the hour to get registered to win. Text and data rates may apply. Get rules on our website, 923TheFan.com. James Rapine with the latest on the Bengals and across the NFL next, right here on the Fan.